0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Ukraine's Zaporizhia power plant was hit by shelling on Saturday and Sunday, according to the International Atomic Energy Agency, which warned that such attacks risk causing a nuclear disaster. Russia and Ukraine blamed each other for the attack on the facility, which is in Russian-controlled territory. Raphael Grossi, the head of the IAEA, warned, quote, whoever is behind this, that, quote, you're playing with fire. COP 27 in Egypt finally concluded on Sunday morning, 36 hours late, with delegates agreeing to establish a, quote, loss and damage fund to help those most affected by rising temperatures, something many thought impossible two weeks ago that seemed to be broadly welcomed by environmental groups. They were less enthused by timid measures to curb the use of fossil fuels. A 22-year-old was named as a suspect in the Colorado shooting that killed at least five people and injured dozens more. Anderson Lee Aldrich is accused of opening fire at a gay nightclub before being stopped by local patrons. Joe Biden, America's president, Said that inequities that, quote, contribute to violence against LGBTQI people must be driven out. China's Defense Ministry said it was willing to meet with America at a regional security summit in Cambodia this week. Talks between Lloyd Austin, America's Defense Secretary, and Wei Feng, his Chinese counterpart would be the first military ones at a high level since China halted such communications after the visit of Nancy Pelosi, America's house speaker, to Taiwan in August. Beijing told the 3.5 million residents of its most popular district to stay at home from Monday in a bid to contain rising COVID-19 infections. China's capital reported 516 new infections as of 3pm on Sunday as well as the death of an 87-year-old man, China's first known Covid fatality since May 26, The government recently announced a slight easing of its most draconian Covid control policies. Donald Trump's Twitter account was reactivated after Elon Musk, Twitter's new boss, ran a poll on the social media platform asking users whether the former president should be allowed back. They narrowly voted yes. Mr. Trump, who was banned in the wake of the Capitol riot in 2021, snubbed the gesture. He had said that he will remain on Truth Social, his own platform. Qatar had a disappointing start to the World Cup. The hosts lost 2-0 to Ecuador in the opening night of the tournament. It is the first time a host country has lost an opening match in the history of the World Cup. The upset was witnessed by Tamim bin Hamad al-Tani, Qatar's emir, other royals and a crowd of 60,000 people. And fact of the day, 90%. The percentage of its revenue that FIFA makes from the World Cup. And now,
1: here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The long road ahead for Evergrande. On Monday, a plot of land in Shenzhen, a city in South China, will go up for auction. It was supposed to be the new headquarters for Evergrande. But thoughts of a shiny new office are far off for the struggling Chinese property developer. The company is months behind schedule for releasing a plan on restructuring its massive debts. The group, which has some $300 billion in liabilities, has been the bellwether for China's embattled property industry. It defaulted in December, promising to produce a restructuring plan within six months, but investors remain in the dark. The Chinese government recently announced measures that will help distressed property firms. Bank loans for some companies that were due in the next six months can now be extended. But it is unclear how much this will help Evergrande, which is still being forced to hawk assets, such as the land in Shenzhen, to avoid collapse. After COP27, hopes for climate mitigation look to Dubai. After the torturous brokering of COP27 finally ended, Franz Timmermans, the EU's lead negotiator, took the floor. Tomorrow, he told delegates, we start preparing for COP28. Like many, Mr. Timmermans was disappointed that the summit in Egypt did not go further to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. He also stressed the need for countries at the next conference, which will be held in Dubai in November 2023, to make a firm commitment to reduce their use of all fossil fuels. That might be tricky. Oil and natural gas power the economy of the United Arab Emirates, the next host. Alongside other petrostates, it fought to stop fossil fuels from being discussed more highly in Sharm el-Sheikh. And although the biggest breakthrough at COP27 was the agreement to establish a loss-and-damage fund to help vulnerable countries recover after disasters, the details of how that fund might operate will now have to be agreed. Twitter's mass unfollowing Soon after becoming Twitter's owner, chief executive, and only board member on October 27th, Elon Musk ordered staff to stop working from home and get back to the office. Last Thursday, they received an email announcing, without explanation, that the firm's San Francisco headquarters were closed. On Monday, the office will reopen. The question is, how many staff will come back? If Mr. Musk's three weeks in charge have looked chaotic from the outside, the latest, reinstating Donald Trump's account following an online poll, internally they have been even bumpier. He sacked half the employees in the first week, and later laid off contractors' moderating content. Last week, he ordered remaining staff to recommit to, quote, extremely hardcore work, or leave. Many reportedly walked. Twitter had been overstaffed relative to peers. But the scale and speed of the exodus is destabilizing. Mr. Musk warned recently that Twitter could run out of money. Before that, it may run out of people. Kosovo and Serbia Look for a Deal Albin Kurti, Kosovo's Prime Minister, and Aleksandr Vucic, Serbia's President, meet in Brussels on Monday as the EU seeks to calm the latest tensions between the Balkan neighbors. The meeting coincides with a deadline set by Kosovo for drivers in mostly ethnically Serb areas to ditch Serbia-issued license plates or face a fine when driving in Kosovo. Kosovo, where the majority of people are ethnic Albanians, declared independence from Serbia in 2008. Although 117 countries recognize it internationally, Serbia does not. The latest spat, which has prompted Kosovo Serbs to quit some of the country's institutions, has only increased tensions. Even if Messrs, Kurti, and Vucic can cobble together a deal on number plates, more needed is an agreement on major issues such as the proposed creation of an association of Kosovo Serb municipalities. But that would require unpopular political risks, which neither leader is willing to take. In Glass Onion, Hollywood Targets the Mega Rich. In 2019, Ryan Johnson, a director, introduced viewers to the camp murder mystery of Knives Out, starring Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, a detective extraordinaire, sniffing out a killer in a clique of entitled snobs in Massachusetts. Now Mr. Johnson is back with Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, another mind-bendingly intricate who-done-it starring Mr. Craig, this time set on a private Greek island. Mr. Johnson's delightfully colorful and clever comedy which is released in America and Britain on November twenty-third is part of an intriguing trend. Two other recent releases have crass multimillionaires getting their bloody comeuppance on small islands, The Menu, starring Ray Fiennes as a vengeful celebrity chef, and Triangle of Sadness, the winner of the Palme d'Or at this year's Cannes Film Festival. Hollywood has tended to revere the super-rich, but now it seems that the knives are out. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday, blood, gray, and fox are all followed by which suffix? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Voltaire, who was born on this day in 1694. We should be considerate to the living. To the dead, we owe only the truth.